we've tried to give you. Um, and yeah, I won't ask for questions because there are, there are probably loads, but you can do, do please ask us later on if there's something that you think is unclear um, or you'd like clarity on. Um, so that's where we've come from. And today we are looking, our focus is on um, another one of the essential weapons of our warfare. We said that um, uh, humility is a weapon of our warfare. We said that um, God's word is a weapon of our warfare. We've said that uh, prayer is a weapon of our warfare. We've said that uh, grace is a weapon of our warfare. And tonight we're looking at a really important weapon of our warfare. It is the word of God. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, for with it we're able to exercise authority over the lives of the enemy and dismantle its power. The word of God is not just um, the Bible, although of course the Bible represents the bedrock of God's revelation of himself. The Christian needs not just to read the Bible. What we want to focus on tonight is not reading the Bible or knowing the Bible. Faith doesn't come by knowing the Bible. Faith doesn't come by reading the Bible. Faith comes by hearing the word of God through the Bible, through lots of means, lots of ways. And what we're focusing on tonight is this incredible thing that God gives to Christians. He says, when you're a Christian, you can hear his voice. You can hear him speak. This is a vital tool, if you like, in our armory of life. We can hear what God's saying. We can hear him speak. Faith comes as we hear God speaking his word to us. Um, the ability to hear God's voice is vital to this freedom process. Uh, the activity of hearing God's voice is deeply anchored in the scriptures, and it's profoundly dependent on the ministry of the Spirit. Through the scriptures, we have God's spoken word, um, and through the ministry of the Spirit, we hear his speaking word. Either uh, a word that God take, that the Spirit takes from the scriptures... Um, and applies to our situation, or it might be a, a, a word, uh, something God is saying which lines up with the scriptures, but actually is something that he's saying to me. Everything that is in the Bible is true. Not all that is true is in the Bible. There's far more of God than could be fitted into one little book, or even one big book. Um, the fact is, there's far more truth than is in the Bible. All that's in the Bible is true. And it is absolutely what God knows we need to lead us to life and salvation. But the scriptures say to us that the Spirit of God wishes also to speak. He will speak in total uh, lining up with the scriptures because there would be something terribly wrong if it didn't. But God speaks and we hear him. And sometimes I think we, I've called it recovering the prophetic, and I've thought afterwards, maybe really, I should call it recovering the art of hearing. Because sometimes we're very quick to speak in evangelical, charismatic churches. And we very quickly want to speak a word from God over someone else to bless them and encourage them. But actually, you can't speak what you haven't heard. And cultivating a listening heart is, is really vital. Before, in a way, we're too quick to want to pray for other people. Learn how to listen. Have I heard God's voice for me, let alone trying to hear it for someone else? The process of freedom depends on a, a hearing heart. Um, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does that mean? He says hearing God's voice, is, is, it's, this isn't something that happens every now and then. He said it's like bread. It's daily. It's like all the time. It's like food. It's you, God wants to speak to you as often as you think about food, which for some of us is pretty much all the time. And that's the point. He says, you don't live on bread alone. You need constantly to be preoccupied and thinking about, I mean, it's my day. tomorrow is my last day of week, Friday is my day off. Thursday night, we often have a really nice meal and maybe even sometimes open a bottle or something. And I'm looking forward to it already. 
Jesus is saying in the same way, look forward to hearing God speak. Look forward to hearing his voice. Think about it all the time. Every time you think of him practicing the presence of God, practicing hearing, he's speaking to us all the time. For God does surely speak, now one way, now another. Job 33. God speaks in a myriad of different ways, always communicating, always trying to bring our thoughts and attention to his activity, to what he is wanting to communicate with us and to us. And I'm so grateful that God speaks because in my own life, um, as a student, I I was really walking right away from the Lord. Uh, Although I attended a church, I had no real prayer life. I don't think I really had much active faith left in God at all. And I think I've told some of you the story, how a, a friend invited a few of us to go to her home. She lived uh, nearby where we were at uh, university. I was in Exeter, and she was lived in Barnstable. And she said, would we like to go to her house? Her parents did this amazing sort of cream tea thing, and, um, and they had a really huge garden. And so a few of us, we, we piled into her car, and she drove us over, and it got to 6 o'clock. And she said, oh, why don't we all go to my church um, in the evening? I said, no, it's, all, it's fine. I don't want to, because I'd been in the morning. And uh, you know, it's enough, isn't it, really? Uh, <laughs> when you're a student. And, um, and so I, we went, and it's a 1662 Anglican traditional service. Um, I've I never, never been to a 1662 prayer book service before, uh, but that's what it was. I didn't know why she wanted us to go, but we did. And we went and sat on the front row, because uh, it's the row that was empty. Uh, it's an Anglican church. So we sat there, and after the first hymn, the vicar said, right, now it's our custom to wait, and we invite God to speak to us. And I I knew intuitively that this was not part of the prayer book service. Um, But anyway, this church, I had no idea, was a church that believed that God speaks to us. And um, from somewhere way behind, somebody began to speak. They began to speak in this incredibly beautiful language, a language I'd never heard before, had no idea what they were saying, but it was quite entrancing, like those fairy tale stories when you hear that sort of wonderful music coming from somewhere and they get in trance, they start to walk towards it and normally somebody in the group says, resist it, resist it, but you can't, you're totally caught up with it. It was like that for me. I just, this, and when this person stopped speaking, I remember feeling disappointed or don't stop carry on i've no idea what's going on but it's this incredibly beautiful language i just assumed that she was from another country and um, maybe this was a prayer that was in the liturgy somewhere you know it's a big book the book of book of uh, the book of a common prayer maybe it's in that i had no idea but everyone else in the church seemed quite kind of, oh, this is normal you know yeah we just it's fine i was nudging my friend one of the other friends who come with us sort of thing um and um, and then the vicar from the front, in his full robes, just said, thank you very much. Now we're going to wait, and God is going to give us an interpretation of what has just been said. And from somewhere else behind me, because everyone else was behind me, um, being on the front row, and this person said, young man, though your heart is like a heart of stone, I want to give you a heart of flesh. There are many ways of knowing me, but I'd have you seek my spirit. Seek my spirit, speak, seek my spirit, and I will come to you. And as, as this person spoke, I was like a sword to my heart. I just knew that this was God's word to me. Um, not least because as I look around, I'm the only young man in the church. <laughs> by, by about 70 years, I think. I, so my reckoning was that. Um, and I remember b- being so aghast. I, sort of, I Actually, I dropped my book. I was just so... It was this slight sense of oh, no, he's found me out. He's found me. I mean, you think you're pretty safe in Sleepy Barnstable, don't you, really? But he's found me. And if he knows that I'm claiming to be a Christian, but my heart is a heart of stone, if he knows that, what else does he know? What if he knows everything? And what if he's found me out and tracked me down? My life's never going to be the same again. I can't deny now there's a God who speaks, who sees where I am and addresses me. And I'm so hard-hearted, he has to do it through someone else. Because I can't even hear for myself. And it got me, and my life turned around. I began to pray. I started praying in the car on the way home. Oh God, oh God, what have I done? I'm I'm pretending to be a Christian, but I have no real faith in you. And it, it changed my life from that moment. I can give you the date. I've written it down in my diary. I know the date, the time. God speaking to me was what brought me 
um, into a living faith with him. It caused me to ask for the gift of his Holy Spirit. took me two or three months, but got there in the end. But of course, every one of us is a Christian because at some point you heard God speak. You heard his voice. You may not have been as hard-hearted as I was and it needed to have someone else to do it in quite such a dramatic way. I don't tell that story to my credit. It's to my discredit. It's because I was too silly and too, too hard to be able to hear anything more reasonable. So God had to kind of break through. So, you know, we don't, we don't pray that it has to be like that. I pray that we have soft hearts that just hears the inner voice that he speaks. But God speaks. The Bible is packed with examples of God speaking. I mean, every page of the Old Testament, then God said. Then God spoke to Samuel and said. Then God said to David, do this. Then God said to Abraham, do this. I mean, all over the Bible, God said, God said. God speaks. This was the experience of his people. All scripture is God-breathed. God can speak through it. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. You hear his voice. You may not always recognize it, but you do hear it. In Psalm 19, verse 4, his voice has gone out in all the earth. That means he speaks through the earth, through the creation, through the things around us and the beauty we see. God speaks. And the enemy's plan is to make Christians think that they can't hear his voice. Or that you hear it every now and then. Yes, there are times when you will hear God's voice, but most of the time you won't. It's a lie. We hear God's voice all the time. He's always speaking. It's like daily bread, Jesus says. Don't believe the lie that it's a one-off thing. God wants to speak all the time, and we need to develop a listening, hearing heart. Um, if we believe that, that God only speaks every now and then, then we won't come with, ex- with faith or expectancy. Um, and one of the things that I think makes Christians alive rather than just churchgoers is people who hear God speak. Christians who are alive are Christians who expect God to be speaking and who actually expect him to be saying things to me all the time. God speaks to us, so developing a hearing heart is vital. Um, and as I've said, many believers in such in charismatic churches, we tend to focus on the speaking words of prophecy. But first comes a deep listening. And hearing God and faith are really closely linked because faith comes by hearing. We have the faith to do what God wants us to do when we are able to hear his voice, when we're able to hear what he's saying to us. Um, the people in the Old Testament who heard God speak um, knew, and they, for them it was obvious, uh, that because of who God is, the manner of his speaking will be very different from the way we speak to each other. God is not flesh and blood. God is spirit. So how's God going to speak? Well, he speaks in different ways. God is not visible, so he's not going to communicate in person, face to face, as we do with each other, because we can't see the face of God and live. Of course, in Exodus 32, the thing is, they wanted to see the God they were talking to. (laughs) You can understand that, because that's how we talk to everybody else. You talk to them. They wanted to talk to a God they could see, so they built something. But God said, no, 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 that's an idol for you. That's an idol. You don't do that, because God isn't like you. Don't try and make him in the image of this or the image of that, because that's not how you'll ever hear his voice. And even today, idolatry, the idolatry of money or the idolatry of whatever it might be, stops us hearing the voice of God um, because God doesn't speak in that same way. Um, God is loving. Everything God says is to promote his love. Everything he says and does is an expression of his love. And of course, that should make us want to hear what he says. He's never going to say anything that's designed to, to, to deliberately upset us. Some of the things he says do upset me, but it's only out of his love that he does it. Think, think parent, child. Do you sometimes have to upset your children? Yes. Is it for their total good and benefit? Yes. Do they understand that? No. <laughs> but you know that you have to hold your line because it is the loving thing to do and it's unloving for a parent to give in to whatever a child wants, whenever they want it, if you know it's not in their best interests. God is a father, and we are his children, sometimes his, his, his immature, dumb children. Um, but everything he says is because he loves. And we have to know that. So why would we never want to hear him? Why would we be afraid of hearing the voice of God? 
Even in Genesis, it says Adam and Eve hid from the... They heard the sound of God's voice. They heard him walking in the garden and they hid. And God was so upset that they hid. Um, and Because they didn't want to hear his voice. Because they knew that it would call them to account. But actually, it needn't have done. You know what I think? I think God was giving them a chance. The scriptures say that God is full of mercy. It says that mercy is what he does, that he forgives all who truly come to him. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. It's what he does. He forgives our sin. He's saying to Adam and Eve, where are you? He's not trying to catch them out. He knows full well what they've done. He's giving them a chance to say, I'm over here, help me. But they didn't. And as a result of that, we, I think, need to learn the lesson that even when God wants to speak a word of, of rebuke to us, it's his love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. God, God rebukes because he loves me. So I have to know that everything God speaks, he speaks to communicate his love. It's all because of love. He's, God is love. Um, his activity is powerful. Um, uh, when he speaks, it doesn't just convey information, it accomplishes the thing he speaks. Jesus speaks a healing word, and, and the speaking of the word brings about the thing that the word has spoken of. His word is powerful. When he speaks his creative word to us, uh, it's more than just information. It creates spiritual life in us. That's why we need to develop a hearing heart. God's activity is powerful. Um, his activity is always faithful and just. God shows that he's not capricious, he doesn't change, he acts in accordance with his nature. Once people understand that God is loving, he's always loving. He's not loving sometimes and then not loving at other times. What you reveal in the scriptures about who God is, he's that all the time. God is faithful and just and forgives people's sins all the time. He did it yesterday, he did it thousands of years ago, he'll do it today, because he doesn't change. He hasn't changed his mind. If God says, I, my heart goes out to the widow, to the orphan, to the lonely, and to the poor, it still does. He might have said it 2,000 years ago. It doesn't matter, because he's the same. We say at the end of the Psalms, if you come to morning prayer in the morning, we say at the end of the Psalms, and traditionally Christians always say these words at the end of Psalms, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. What God revealed then is the same now and will be the same for the rest of time. It doesn't change. The unchanging God. That's why we read the Bible. If God changes, there would be no point in reading the Bible because what you would have would be an account of what God had once did and what he once said, but there'd be no guarantee that he would say the same again or that he still feels the same way. It would just be an account of what he once did at a particular point in history. It only makes sense to read the Bible if what God shows us about himself doesn't change. So that the way God was uh, with Adam and Eve is the way he is with us. The way he is with Joshua is the way he is with us. That what God shows us of himself doesn't change. That's why you read the Bible. Because we're seeing the unchanging God. And what God was then is what he is now. When he speaks that, what he spoke then, he's speaking it now. That's why I read it. That's why it's so amazing that we have the scriptures. It's God speaking. Not just what he spoke, but what he's speaking. Because he doesn't change. He's the same. I love it every Christmas. We don't sing unto them, a son is born. We sing unto us, a son is born. He was born for us as well. It wasn't just for them. What he was then is what he is now. So um, his activity is always faithful and just. He doesn't change. Um, why does God speak to us? Well, here's just a little sample of what we see God doing in the scriptures. He draws us and reconciles us to himself. He does it by speaking to us. He reveals his character. He leads us to repentance, directs the actions of his people. He warns them to escape from trouble, prepares them to meet difficulties, and so on. He comforts and draws us into deeper intimacy with him. These are the, some of the reasons God speaks to us. And so in this whole freedom thing, um, we, we need to hear God's voice because we need to hear God for this for this wonderful promised land that he's prepared for me? How do I know what it looks like? How do I know what God's plan and purpose for my life is? We need to hear him. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. There's no way you can. It's in the future. No one can read the future. But God reveals his plan and his purpose for you. As you read the scriptures, as you learn to hear his voice, he begins to show you 
his plan and purpose. He begins to give you an agenda so that you can plan and purpose your life towards his plans for you. That's why God says, I'm the God who I have plans to prosper you. Seek me, says that, that he might make known his ways to you. The psalmist says over and over, uh, I want to make known, says God, my ways to you. Seek me, pray, so that you begin to get a, a sense of the, the person that you are and what God has called you to do. And to do that, we need to hear what he's saying. And then there are these resistances, these strongholds in us, but we don't always know what they are. And we can ask God. By learning how to listen, we can start to say, Lord, why why am I angry? Why did I say that? Why did I lie? Why, Why did I stretch the truth? Why did I do that, Lord? As I learn to listen, I develop a listening heart to my own actions. And then God's able to say, well, actually, Tim, that's, that's that shame stronghold kicking back in again, isn't it? See, that's why you lie. It's why you don't always tell the truth. It's, it's, it's shame. But Tim, there's nothing to be ashamed of because I've taken your shame away. What I desire is a contrite heart. But as I learn to listen to that inner voice, the voice that God speaks, I begin to discern the resistance is in me so that I can quickly pull down those strongholds. I can quite quickly, we're we're making a bit of a meal of it by going through all these worksheets and talking about some of them, but eventually we get used to doing it really quite quickly. Just hinting a a constant dialogue with the Lord. Why did I do that? Why do I feel so impatient right now? Why do I get so frustrated? Um, Should I make that phone call? I I don't know if I feel I should. Um... Just learning to listen to the voice of God within us and learning as well. And it takes a life of practice, I guess. I still get it wrong, I think, often more than I get it right. Um, but I do get it right sometimes. Tim, don't send that email. It's just a thing. Tim, don't send it. Don't send that email. I look it over and I yeah, I'm not going to send that. Delete, delete, delete. Actually, I've come to realize that if you've ever in doubt at sending an email, probably don't. Um, but I've had to learn that as God's spoken to me and I, I try to think about even the things I write to people in an email you know, or whatever I write, Lord, it, says, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take a long time it doesn't need to take any longer to write the email I'm just trying to constantly have an inner dialogue with the Lord while I'm going about my business and I am not particularly practiced at it there are others in this room better than I am at all this um, but I'm your vicar, so I'm up here telling you um, how do we hear God's voice? It's the activity of the Spirit that is present in and through all these ways. It's the Spirit that takes the words of Scripture and applies them to my heart. It's the Spirit that guides our thoughts, our eyes, and our ears to discern uh, God's message. Um, and Jesus himself said, I have much more to say to you, but when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into truth. He will speak. Not on his own, he'll speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He sets out the agenda for your life, for mine, for whole churches, for whole communities, so that we've now got, if you like, a a map. So I know where I need to be going. God has given you certain gifts and abilities, and as you've discerned them, and as other people have called them out through prayer, through encouragement, you begin to sort of think, I think I've got these spiritual gifts, and I think God's called me towards this area of ministry, and I I know I've been sent to this town because I live here, and I think God has a plan for me to be here right now. So you begin to piece together that plan, and God shows you so that you can now order your life to pursue those things that... um, when, when the Lord spoke to me and said to him, God wants you to, to, to use the, the teaching stuff that you developed, he wants you to use it to a wider platform. And somebody actually prophesied over me about 15 years ago and said, Tim, I believe it's, it's God's going to take you to Sweden. If I hadn't have had that word that I heard in my heart, it was spoken over me by someone else, but I heard it and received it from God, I would never ever have gone to Sweden. I must have been there 20 times now, but I would never have gone because I hate traveling. I hate preparing for stuff abroad. I always feel wretched that I haven't got anything worth saying. I hate going through the days that lead up to a ministry trip abroad. 
I've wrestled with it. It's a strong hold. I, don't, I won't go into the details of it, um, but it's the constant feeling that I won't have anything worth sharing. Um, and you may think, don't, I'm asking you to patronize me by saying, oh, I can't believe you feel like that. It, it's totally illogical. Strongholds aren't logical. Um, but I know that that's what God wants for me. So I was able to start to go to war against these things that, that prevent me from entering God's joy. And actually, 15 years on, I went to Sweden last week, two weeks ago, for a weekend. Am I better than I was 15 years ago? He says, turning to his wife, who nods. Um, I do not get as stressed. Do I get as upset and anxious? I'm looking for an answer here. <laughs> not always, she says. I thought, well, that's such a great answer. But you know, it's a, it's a struggle. And I'm not suggesting that, that freedom is something that, that's going to happen overnight for us. But I know that I need to keep fighting this battle. Because I know that God's plan, part of his agenda, is that I should accept those invitations to, in order to be uh, a blessing and the same for you. God's shown you things, and he shows you the future in order that you can position your life towards the thing that he's called you to be and to do. He doesn't show you everything, but he shows you enough so that there's purpose in your life. I've got some direction. I know where I'm going. It gives me hope and a purpose for the year to come because I know there's certain things he wants. And if you think you're sitting here and thinking, oh, really? I don't think I know. That's okay. We'd love to pray with you. That's the whole purpose of tonight, to help to start to hear... How do I hear God's plan for me? That's why hearing God speak is so important to freedom. How can you walk in freedom if you don't know which bits he wants you to walk in? Um, so hearing God's voice is so important. Um, the still, small voice is, is the way that many of us will hear God speak. It's, just, it's not an audible voice. It's just almost a knowing, just a still, small, like a whisper that you can almost miss. I think it's the whisper of God. How many of you here would say, yeah, I identify that? I sometimes have heard the still, small voice, just like a whisper. Okay, and many of us. That's a very common way that God speaks. Deep calls to deep, Psalm 42. Sometimes I think there's like a resonance. Uh, something, I, I, I sense something, but it, it resonates with me, and, and I just have that, oh, I, I think that's God. That happens to me a lot. That's... I, I, it's like a resonance. I'll read something in the scripture and it's the, oh yeah, gosh, that's for now, that's for me. And it just it's a res, it resonates. Um, sometimes conviction, the first work of the Spirit is to bring conviction, actually. Conviction, an enhanced sense of God's truth. Um, either people being overwhelmed by compassion, we're convicted of God's compassion for the lost or the need of forgiveness or we're convicted about a sin in our life. Conviction's a beautiful, beautiful gift. It's God's loving kindness to us. You know the difference between condemnation is made up of two words, con and damnation. It means with damnation. When you were condemned to death, it meant you, you had now, it was all the appeals had been heard. There's no, no possibility that you're not now going to face uh, death. You've been condemned to death. You, it's with damnation. There's no going back now. Conviction is made up of two words, con, which means with, and vi victory. When God brings conviction, it's to bring us into victory. When the devil brings condemnation, it's to bring death. When God brings conviction, it's to bring me into victory over sin, over the things that hold me back. So we shouldn't, and of course none of us wants to experience that conviction of sin, but in a way it is God's love. Like any parent saying, no, you did do it. Own up. You did do it. Because I'm trying to make you a person of integrity. And you don't get this right now, but I'm trying to bring you up in what's called integrity. Your four-year-old doesn't get that. They just think it's good to get out of trouble. But you're not trying to force them to be miserable. You're just trying to get them to be honest. And that's what God's trying to do. He's just trying to be a good father to us. Conviction. Um, uh, sometimes mental or visual impressions. The Holy Spirit has access to the inner recesses of our hearts and minds. As a result, he can communicate directly with our human spirits in a trans-rational manner through holy impressions, um, thoughts that come into our mind, words that just form in my mind, ideas, pictures, physical sensations sometimes. Um, how many people sometimes have been praying and a picture comes to mind? It's quite a, maybe just a picture of a particular event or something that, that you just know isn't just your mind going off on one. It, it, 
you immediately know that there's a meaning to it that speaks to the, exactly the situation that you're praying about. Has that happened to different ones? Quite a lot. <laughs> a mental picture in our minds. Um, an inner voice, um, maybe not the still small voice. Um, there's so many different ways that God communicates with us. Um, often when God whispers to us, it's like little sort of butterflies. They, they, they alight for just a moment and then they're gone. If you don't capture them quickly, you, you lose them. Sometimes I get like a, just like a fleeting little thought. And if I don't learn to discern that that is God's voice, I, it's almost like I miss it and it flies away. And So I often say to people, if you have a sense of what God is saying, say it quickly because it, it, it doesn't linger always. Um, I'd love it on your tables, you can share some of your own experiences of how you hear God's voice. And I, I think this, I think every one of us is different, and I think God knows that we will all hear him in different ways, which is why he speaks in different ways. For me, I often hear that resonance. I often find it hard to hear God in a vacuum, but if, if, if I hear someone speak, or if I read something, I recognize the resonance in me, that, that that's God's voice to me. Um, other people um, are just really love going go for a walk in a beautiful place and God speaks to you through beauty, through creation and because he built you like that. It might not do a lot to someone else but for some of you that's how he speaks to you. And you need to get to know how you hear God's voice. Get to know how he wants to speak to you. I have two boys but they're both very different. The way I speak to my older son it's not the way I speak to my younger son because they're different. One's a raving extrovert. One's a raving introvert. I mean, my older son, who's just the most amazingly gifted guy, you have to pick your moment when you have a conversation because most of the time he'll look pretty shut down. And I have to know when the time and the moment is. And God knows you, and he knows how to communicate with you like any loving father does. Um, and learn his ways and learn how he speaks to you. Sometimes God speaks through our will. I mean, sometimes just what I want to do is God's voice to me, especially when it's counterintuitive. Well, I think I want to do that. I don't know why I want to do that, but I do. And that can often be because God is speaking to us through our will, through our, our mind. Then there's the kind of what people are sometimes called the inner check, that kind of red light. Colossians 3:15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The word rule means to be the judge. That sometimes means that you have a sense of peace about something. That's God speaking to you, saying, yes, go with that. Sometimes you have like a red light. So I'm quite sure about that. That just means pray a bit more. Maybe that's God's way of alerting you to something. For God does speak, now one way, now another, in myriad different ways. Um, and we can inquire of the Lord. That's another way we hear God speak, learning to ask the right questions. Lord, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do in this, this um, situation? Um, what strongholds are playing out in my life right now? Why am I angry? Why am I anxious? What do you want me to do? What attitude should I have? How much money should I give? Do you pray that? Do you ask the Lord? John and I, we went to New Wine in the summer, and they had taken an offering. I mean, well, how much do we give? I don't know. Let's ask the Lord. Lord, how much should we give? Um, I always get a lower figure than Jan because she's holy and generous. <laughs> and uh, so I say, well, give this much. Jan says, oh, yeah, I was in the same ballpark, but I thought maybe we should give that. And I always say, yeah, I think that's right, because I hear, instantly I hear the generous heart of God. And so we do it. Just ask God. It doesn't take a lot, it doesn't take a lot of time. We don't spend hours doing it. We just pray, and I expect that God will speak. Here's the offering, but it's coming right now. How much do you want me to give, Lord? Why wouldn't he want to tell you? How much do we want to hear him? Um... Well, when it comes to giving, you know, often not very much, really. I'd rather he kept quiet. But actually, I have never given to God and not been more blessed when I've given. And I know that's the testimony of so many of you here. So you know what? I don't know why we resist that, because I know that everything God asks me to give, I get far more back um, in so many different ways. Um, so we learn to inquire of the Lord. Um, in the situations, the battles we face, we learn to inquire, Lord, what's going on here? What's happening here? Many of the ways that God will speak to us will depend on the individual. I've already said that. The impact of prophecy is not in its originality, but because it brings to bear God's timeless truth in a timely way for a specific purpose. Of course, we need to test prophecy, um, and I've put some, some tests there. Always uh, what God says lines up with Scripture. It's never going to say anything contrary to Scripture. Um, it's going to resonate with the spirit of Scripture, um, and 
we also need to know that not every word that you might have when you're praying for someone else is necessarily to be spoken over them. It might be God showing you what you need to pray for them in your own prayers. It doesn't mean that you have to tell them. You need to ask for wisdom. Just because you get a word or a picture doesn't mean you have to give it. Maybe God's just showing you how to pray. So we mustn't leap to speak. We, learn, we first want to hear. Then we ask, Lord, is this, is this for speaking out? Um, so uh, in a moment, Jan's going to come and we're going to do, this, um, do some things together on our tables. Um, salvation isn't just being set free from sin, bitterness, insignificance, pride, jealousy. We're set free for a purpose. Exodus 8, chapter 1, God says to, Pharaoh, God says to Moses, uh, tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may worship me. They're set free for the purpose of worshipping God. They're set free from something for something. And we've been sharing over these last weeks that freedom is being set free from something, but for something even more wonderful. By hearing the prophetic voice of the Spirit, I discern his unique will and purpose for my life and his priorities and the ways he intends for me to follow in every situation I face. And through the prophetic spirit and by developing a listening heart, I'm able to discern the strongholds that are preventing me from moving forward into the purposes of God. I learn to welcome the conviction of the spirit when it comes because I know it's the pathway to love and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm not only learning to listen to God, I'm learning to listen to myself. I'm learning to listen to the movements of my own heart. Why are you so downcast in my soul? Why do you feel this? Why are you so angry about that? Why did you get so angry in that meeting? Well, Lord, it's because I so desperately want it to go this way, and I felt that people were opposing it and not really understanding what I was trying to say. Because, okay, well, why don't you ask me if there's a way that you can share it better? But getting angry about it isn't going to help. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I repent of that. I'm sorry. I know I do that all the time. I get angry. I'm sorry, Lord. I don't want to do that. And it doesn't take a lot of time. I just get used to listening to the inner voice of my own heart so that I'm able to interact with what the Lord is wanting to say. And I say, I say that's what I do. It's what I'm trying to do. I know there are some of you who do it better than I do, but that's what we want to be, and we want to practice this. Um, and the thing about this um, uh, speaking, what God says is that very often we can't hear for ourselves. The things that we've been wrestling with issues for so long in our lives, we almost just find we can't hear what God is saying. And that's when he gives us the body of Christ. That's what we're going to do now. So that we can actually listen for one another. I can play a part and you can play a part in my life by hearing what God is saying for me when I'm unable to hear it for myself. You, you, you can hear God's plan and purpose for my life. You can speak it over me. You, you can help me to discern what are the strongholds that are stopping me from going forward. You, you can ask the Lord and he will show you. And you can speak and speak God's words into my life to help me in that process. I think that's what God gives us churches for, among, among other things, is that we should be speaking his words over one another. I mean, many people have been crushed and been wounded in life, and church is where God intends them to get healed. And that happens as we speak and learn how to speak God's healing words over one another. Learn how to repatriate what the enemy has stolen from their lives through the wounds they've received. God is giving it back, and he's doing it through you and through me. And for some of us, you've got to do it for the next 40 years because the wounds go deep. We just keep saying it. Keep speaking God's favor over you. Keep sharing the voice of God for you. And it begins to grow in our spirits. And that's the joy of hearing God first, first learning a deeply hearing heart. And then as we learn to hear him, we can begin to pray for others with what we're hearing. And Jan's going to come now. We're going to do an exercise together the rest of the evening now. We want to give to on our tables. And some of you have done these things before, but we want to have a chance for everyone to do it. Because we want to practice hearing God. And this might seem a bit artificial tonight, but we pray that it won't be. We pray it'll be a, a genuine kind of practice exercise um, 
and we pray that the people we pray for will be genuinely blessed. It's not just an opportunity to practice on you. We pray that you will be blessed as we, as we do it. We want to practice how we listen to God and hear him for someone else. Jan, what do you, how can we do this? First thing to say is everyone needs to be in a group. Um, so if you're not in a group right now, you need to find one. I yeah. think we're pretty evenly spread throughout the room. If you've got more than eight in your group, you might need to go and join another group because I think eight's the maximum we can probably in each group. And the first thing to say is within your group, we're going to need a volunteer, one volunteer within each group. And that, what you're volunteering for is you're volunteering for other people to listen to God for you tonight. So you might want to think about that just for a moment. We're going to be listening to God for you. And the first thing we're going to listen to God for is, if you remember right back at the beginning, Tim talked about original design that God had for you as a unique child of God. He has created you and designed you with particular gifting, passion, particular um, aspects of your personality, aspects of your life that he has designed for you to walk into. And we're going to be asking the Lord to show us, through those various different ways God speaks, what they are for you. So it's just a snapshot tonight of the things that God wants to speak. So it's quite a nice thing to have happen to you. And if you've never had that, received that before, you might want to volunteer. So I'll give, give you a few seconds to choose for, within your groups, agree who's going to be that person. And then I'm going to ask the Lord a question. I'm going to inquire of the Lord, as Tim was saying. I'm going to say to the Lord, what is it that you want to show us tonight about this person in our group? And then we're going to be quiet for quite a long time, actually. You might not be used to being listening to God for so long, but we're just going to, when I tell you that's enough, that's when we'll stop. And in that period of time, can I ask you just to be quiet? don't want any talking because I don't want anyone to be distracted but to be listening. Now write down what you hear. It may be a Bible verse. So you might need a Bible. I don't know if there's any handy Bibles anywhere. But you might have it on your phone. But often God speaks through a verse, doesn't he? So we need to have the, the scriptures. Oh, they're on the back of the chairs. Of course they are. Silly me. I'm still not used to Christchurch. I'm still thinking our old church, which didn't have Bibles in the back. Um, so you might need your Bible. It might be, you know, a, a, a word of a song. It could be a picture. Whatever it is, can I ask you to just quietly write it down and keep going until I tell you we're going to stop. Is everybody happy with that? Okay. Should we go for it? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this person in our groups. We thank you for your love for them. We thank you that you created them with incredible plans and purposes for their life, unique giftings. And we pray right now that you would speak to us, all of us, Lord, your original design and plans for this person. And we pray now that you protect us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't want to hear anything that comes from anywhere else except from you, Lord. Not from our own thoughts. Not from anywhere other than from you. So we just protect this time in the name of Jesus. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, will you speak to us now? In Jesus' name, amen. Keep going for another couple of minutes. So if you've already written something down, just ask the Lord, is there something more? Is there anything else? Just keep listening.
Okay, we're going to stop in just 30 seconds. Okay, so what we're going to do next is we are going to have an opportunity to feed back to the person in our group who we've been listening for the things we think God has been showing us, okay? And because we are never 100% sure whether we've got it right, we offer things gently, we offer it to them, we show them, share the picture, the scripture, whatever it is, in a very offering sort of way. We don't say, thus saith the Lord. We're going to just offer it, just in a humble way, because it may be blessing, it may, may not have got it quite right. So we're going to share that for a few minutes. So talk to this person in your group, give everyone a chance to share, and then when we've had a bit of time doing that, I'll stop us again and move us to the next, next thing, okay? Off you go. Now, the person who's receiving it, you just listen, okay? Just listen for now. Don't respond. Just listen to everybody else. Okay, just another 30 seconds to finish off sharing, if you haven't done that yet. Have you done? Yeah. Okay, so when you've done that, you're gonna, we're just going to give that person a little bit of a chance to respond. Okay, so if you're the person, could you just respond to the group with... Just say what of those things you've heard is just really resonating with you, really you feel excited about, it resonates with you. You might even want to say that something doesn't or you'd like it to, but it doesn't. You know, just respond how you want to briefly to those words and then we'll move on to the next bit. Just give you one more minute to finish that, and then we're going to ask another question. Okay. All right, let's stop there, and we're going to just have an, one more listening to God. If you remember, Tim said that at the beginning, he said that God has an original design, a promised land for us. That's what we've been just listening to God about. But he also said the enemy opposes that. He really doesn't want that to happen in your life. And so we're going to ask the Lord now, if we could just listen to see if the Lord wants to show us anything that might be coming against that person. Slightly, slightly different questions, perhaps, that, than we've asked before. But, but the Lord wants, as Tim said, for our blessing, for our love, to, to show these things, then we can deal with them. So let's just have a few more moments of quiet as we listen again to the Lord. Just get your pen and paper ready for anything he shows you. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for all these incredible things that you have made this person to be. We thank you for their gifts. We thank you for their personality. We thank you, but we recognize that the enemy would love to stop those things. And we pray now, Lord, will you show us any way that the enemy is um, coming against this person right now? And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's listen again for a few moments.
Okay, let's just have a, a chance to, again to share with that person anything you feel the Lord may have shown you. Just remind you that it's with offering it. We're not saying this is it. We're just saying this might be what God is showing me. We offer it gently. Don't worry if you're not quite getting hold of this. This is fine. This is a stretch. This is we're learning something new. So it takes time. I don't want anyone to feel I can't do this. It's fine. And if you would like to respond to that as the person being prayed for, just reflect back if any of that kind of resonates with you. Or even if it doesn't, just share back with the group. Okay, we've got one more minute for that, and then we're going to pray. Okay, when you're ready... Um, can you, um, the person who's been prayed for, um, we're going, uh, sorry, who's been listened for, we're going to now pray for that person. Um, we're going to uh, pray in the things that they said, yes, that resonates with me. Okay, all those lovely things that you heard the Lord say, we're going to speak over that person, pray into those things for them now. So we're going to actually stand up. You might want to be slightly away from your table, so I'd love you to gather round, lay hands on the person, and bless them. Bless them with all those good things that you heard. And if you heard some stuff that's coming against them, pray about that too. Really um, want you to encourage this person with your prayers now. So if you'd like to stand up, this means we mean business if we stand up and speak over them. When you feel like you're done, please do sit back down in your group and then we'll know everyone's finished. Just one thing to add, if you are the person who's been prayed for and you found some of those words really encouraging, you might want to take those pieces of paper home with you as an encouragement or something you can pray into during the week. So we're just going to round off with some uh, feedback, really, from how you found that exercise. I know for some people it would have been really challenging <laughs> if you find that quite difficult. Um, and for other people, it would have been wonderful because that's what you're, you love to do. But um, first of all, can I ask if um, anybody who was receiving prayer um, heard, heard anything that was really resonating with them and made them sort of think, yes, that really sounds like God's... Okay, fantastic. So... Jane says she did. Anybody else, anyone in this group? Yeah? Okay, so that very much resonated with where you're at now. Anybody else? Don't need to be specific. Just just tell us did it did it make help? Was it helpful? Did it sound like it might be God? Spot on. Okay, that's sounding good. Over here. Yeah, it's good. Anybody else? 
Sandra, was that, was that helpful? Good. Over there. Yes, Ed, that was good, was it? Sally looks happy. Anyone else? Hilary smiling. That's good. That's were you being prayed for? Yeah. Were you yeah. the one being prayed for? Was it, was it really helpful? Was it? that came out um, in our group was, you know, it's, it's funny, isn't it, how some of us, e- even though we're, we're totally committed Christians, can he very easily get to that sense that, well, I don't think I really do hear God speak. Um, and I do think that that's part of the lie of the enemy. If we can't hear our Father speak, how are we ever going to grow or, or go, go on? The fact is we can. We think we can't. It's like a radio, isn't it? You have to learn to tune in. There is lots of radio waves going through this building right now, but you can't see them, and they're not doing anything to you because you're not tuned into it. But if you had a receiver, you could tune into any number of stations, and you wouldn't believe it, but there's actually powerful music going on all around you. Um, but with the right transmitter, you could hear it. And I think it's a little bit like that for us, that, that often we have to sort of like go through a bit of tuning, really, um, in order to... It's a, both it's a combination of a discipline of learning to listen and learning what to listen for, and it, it is a bit like riding a bike. Just start, just try. Um, because I think everyone can hear God speak. Um, and I don't know if anyone's... I was going to say, is there anybody who was on the listening side who was really surprised yeah. how well-received that word was um, that you, you shared? Were you surprised? Were you encouraged that you heard something maybe similar to someone else in the group? Did that happen to anybody? Wave your hands up if it happens. Yeah, it's one or two of you. But it did in our group, come on. I mean, it's like, no, I haven't got anything. No, I haven't got anything, really. No, nothing at all, really. Well, I, the only thing I had was just this one thing, which is like, that's just so amazing. That's the thing, you know, it's like... <laughs> we all feel like that. I, we all feel like that, but from time to time. Oh, gosh, I felt like that all the time, didn't I? I still struggle with it. You know, I don't hear anything. But it's almost like when you've got to, when now's the moment, you've got to hear something, you've got to write it down. For me, it almost takes that, that forcing of the issue for me to that, what am I hearing? Oh, okay, it doesn't feel like anything. When you share it, you then find three other people have got something very similar, and the person goes, yes! That really is relevant for me. So we're trying to yeah. encourage you to start to kind of um, believe, really, believe that you can hear him. There are some great books around that we've, we've really found helpful, Hearing the Voice of God. Um, John Piper's written some books. And I, I might try and get a little, some um, books next week on the notes because there's some great things, but I want to encourage you to develop the hearing life because it's it's so important to this whole process of freedom. And I... I didn't say but meant to that because it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to our hearts or makes known God's voice to us and because the Holy Spirit lives in us, I think very often I'm waiting to hear a voice from outside. I'm waiting to hear a crash of thunder or a, you know, a voice that's clearly not me but is sort of the voice of God, like the movies, you know, this is God speaking. The thing is if it's coming from the Holy Spirit, it's often going to feel like me. It doesn't feel like it's God, it feels like it's me. Well, it's just me thinking this. And the answer is, but it is, it's you thinking it, but it's the Holy Spirit in you thinking it. And, and I think learning that subtle distinction is really quite important. When I realized that often the thoughts I was having, that I thought were my thoughts, but when someone told me, no, that's, that's God speaking to you, because they're thoughts that are having incredible power when you speak them to other people. So I've not, now realized that it, it, it's, God often speaks to you through just who you are. And sometimes if I'm praying for somebody, I just think, rather than what does God want to say, I've learned to think, Lord, what would I want to say to this person? What, rather almost than what would God want to say, but to ask what would I want to say to them? Because often what I want to say is what God has put on my heart to say anyway. It, it's, not, it's not something that's coming from beyond me. It's, the word is in you, says Jesus. The word is, is in you. It's not, it's, not, it's not from outside. It's almost coming from inside. I'm really explaining that very well, but do you, 
to that, can you add to that? Well, I wasn't... Do you have any idea what I've just said? Yes, I do. Okay. It's almost so within you that you don't recognise it that it's God. Yeah, because it's just me thinking that. That's the, I hear that more commonly than anything else. It's just me yeah. thinking it. Quite, yeah. And the other thing just to be aware of is that there are strongholds that will oppose us in hearing God. Yeah, there are. The biggest one is unbelief. He won't speak to me, that lie. And the other one is um, he'll speak to everyone else, but he, he won't use me. That's the uh, insignificance lie. And exceptionism. Yeah, and the, an exceptionism where it's, yeah, it's just me that he won't speak to. And that one is one that still trips me up, I have to say. I'm always having to deal with that, um, especially if I'm in a prayer time. I know that I'm going to be having to listen to God. I have to do battle with unbelief before I even get there. Because otherwise mm. I go and think, I'll be useless. I won't yeah. be able to hear anything. And all those lies go through my head, and I'm having to say, that's utter rubbish. I'm a child of God. I can hear his voice and just repent as yeah. we've been sharing uh, of that, that lie. If we were doing the 45-week course, we could um, spend a week on each of the, the most common sort of strongholds. And there aren't thousands of them. They're just strongholds, just, just those things that oppose the plan of purpose. Well, they probably fall into probably 15 or 20. But one of them that we've got a whole teaching on, which we'll do sometime, is the, is the stronghold of, of exceptionism. Exceptionism is the thing that most of us find from time to time, which is, yes, but not for me. Yes, I get it. Absolutely, he loves us. I get that. He loves us. But not quite as much in my case because I'm the exception, because there's something about me, which you don't know about, but I know, and I know that it's an exception. And it's a stronghold because there are no exceptions. Christ died for all, no exceptions. God loves all, no exceptions. God speaks to all Christians, no exceptions. But we make exceptionism is a thing that we're tempted to do. It's quite a common thing we find that Christians do. Well, we all do it, but Christians and non-Christians. But when it, when it comes into our faith, we bring exceptionism. So it's, it's a way of almost excusing, either excusing sin, well, I can't help it because if you knew my background, you'd understand why I do this. So we make an exception for sin, um, which is wrong. Um, and other times we make an exception, well, well I, I can't receive God's love because I know you can, but you, you don't know what I did. There's stuff in my life that I, I can't go into, but you don't know, and that makes me an exception. But exceptionism is always a lie. If ever you think to me, yes, but... If you're thinking anything in the Christian life and you're thinking, yes, but, you're nearly always into lies and untruth now because there's no but. There's no exception. If God says he can forgive sin, he can forgive your sin. No exception. But exceptionism is, a, is quite a thing. and I, I've noticed how much I do it in different areas of my life um, and we all attempted to do it. But if we can learn, if you, once you understand that exceptionism is a stronghold, you can just be in that listening dialogue. Where, where, you know, the Lord, show me. Show me if I'm making an exception of myself. Show me if I'm making an exception for myself, unhelpfully. And you just begin to get alert to it. I'm alert to it now because I've learned how exceptionism works. And if you look through the scriptures, you see how many people got tripped up through exceptionism, making themselves an exception. So um, uh, if you think, well, I'm the exception, I don't really hear God's voice because I'm an exception. No, you're not. That's a lie. Um, so... Should we finish? Should we, should we just stand and we pray together? And um, we're done. Let's stand. We have loved doing this with you because I, I don't know if we've been able to communicate some of our joy and excitement at what this has done for us. And I think even at week five, when we were first sort of coming into this stuff, I think we probably weren't as excited as some of you are about it because um, it takes time for its truth to begin to think, oh, yeah. I sensed last week, I sensed that a lot of people sort of got it last week. I, I sensed that it was all making sense. And I hope that tonight it's made a bit more sense. And as we go on, and we will do, even after these six weeks are over, we want to continue to share some of these things through Sunday teaching and through some of the materials we do in small groups. Um, we believe that if we learn to think like this, God has a beautiful plan and purpose for me, but there is an enemy who is against you. There really is spiritual warfare. Um, and we need to be alert to it, hearing his voice and knowing how to use the weapons of our warfare. This is how we do life. This isn't just a six-week course. It's how we do pastoral care. It's how we do ministry in the church, which is why we wanted to share these sessions with you. 
um, because for us, it's not just a course. We're giving you the DNA of how we do discipleship, Christian living, um, all the time. And this discipline of hearing God's voice is key. Heavenly Father, we take authority tonight over every exception that is, is presented in my mind. Yes, but um, I don't hear very clearly. Other people hear more clearly than I do. Um, I can't really hear his voice. That's okay. It's just the way it is. Lord, it's not okay, and it's not the way it is. Every child needs to hear the voice of their father. Every child needs to hear the voice of their father to be able to grow, to be able to be confident, to be secure, to know their father's voice and to, to come to love it and to long for it, to long to hear the father say, well done, good job, well done. I, I'm so pleased with you. We can't live without that. We can't live with our Heavenly Father if we can't hear that loving parent encouraging us, just as we've tried to encourage our children. You're the perfect Father, and you know exactly what we need. And we take authority over every scheme of the enemy that's come against us, that makes us think we can't hear the voice of the Father, that, that tries to cut us off from the voice of the Father through shame or through guilt or through exceptionism or through anxiety, because we don't fear that we're not hearing anything. Lord, we just say that, that it might feel like that, but it's a lie. We can hear your voice, and we will press into this until we become confident, until we become mature, knowing that we can hear the voice of the Father through the Spirit of God that is in us. Lord, that's my prayer for this church. So think a bit about the vision for where we want to be as a church. My vision for our church is that we would be a people that hear the voice of God, that know the Father's voice, that we know it for ourselves. We deeply hear him speak, and out of that we're able to deeply speak over one another. The voice of the Father. Lord, I pray this will be the Father's house and that you'll bring the prodigals back to this house because here the Father will speak over them. Here they will hear the voice saying, welcome home, welcome home. Lord, may this be a church where that voice is heard through, and it's heard through those who themselves have heard it in their hearts. So, Lord, make us a hearing church. For Jesus' sake, amen. Shall we share the words of the grace together? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. And next, next Wednesday is our last session together. Look forward to uh, seeing you then.